your close personal friend, Lou Brutus, rock and roll raconteur, and you are listening to The Night Nerd. Not to be confused with Darren McGavin and The Night Stalker, which is something completely different, but if you're really a nerd, you'll check it out because it was awesome TV back in the 1970s. Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Monday, so we're going to talk some video games. This week is Cinco de Mayo. It's a big celebration, and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to look at it because I feel like over the years, um, it's become not so much a celebration uh, in remembrance and all the right reasons, but it's more an excuse to do happy hour or, or something. And I wanted to go this week with some of my good friends and look at the Latinx, um, Hispanic, South American, you know, uh, the whole culture representation in different forms of pop culture. I wanted to start with video games. And here with me is one of my good friends, David. David, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Lance. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm excited to talk about this. You know, we've talked a little bit uh, earlier about a few different things. I'm really interested to kind of dive right into it and see what what you have to think yeah I'm, I'm excited so when i was researching when i was looking up characters there were a lot of characters i didn't know didn't recognize some that i knew really well but one thing i noticed was the completely imbalanced um and when i say imbalanced i guess i mean you, there was way, way more representation in fighting games than there were in any other genre. And why, I mean, I have some theories on why that is, but why, why do you think that is? Um, well, I guess it just goes in, a lot of those old fighting games are Japanese. And, you know, uh, I think Latinx culture, Hispanic culture especially, lends itself to... I don't want to say parody, but lends itself to stereotypes that are that are broad strokes, if you will. Um, so you get like the lucha libre stuff in Mexico. You get a lot of fighting characters that do lucha libre mm-hmm. because it's it's just striking and it's immediate and it's there. And uh, a lot of times, fighting games, especially in the old days, they they didn't have a lot of nuance. So you had to go for these big. You had to shoot for the cheap seats, pretty much. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the big reasons you see a lot of over-representation of that too. And then it just really comes down. And that Japanese games that goes down in almost every other culture that's not Japanese is treated pretty much like that. You know, it, it's set dressing, if you will. You know? And I mean, that, that makes sense because, you know, with a fighting game, you have to deliver, especially back then, you know, you, they didn't have the technology to tell these big epic stories that they do now. And let's be honest, fighting games with few exceptions, they're not really known for their stories anyway, but especially games, you know, like street fighter and uh, world of heroes, you know, they had to have a background in that 2d fight that told you everything you need to about that character. So oh, yeah, I still remember Blanca's stage. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Brazilian background people washing their clothes in the, in the river. Yeah. And like uh, Dalsim had the elephants in the temple um guile was the airplanes and the people like the 
the army people drinking and playing cards and stuff. I mean, so not everything has aged well, but I mean, we understand what that was at that point. Yeah. And it was very much a lowest common denominator. Like, okay, how can we communicate this without being, I'm sure in their mind, you know, they, they weren't intentionally being racist or offensive or anything. Um, not that that excuses it, but you know, I, I think, I really do think it was from a storytelling and like you said, set dressing point that they're like okay this culture is very colorful there's all these amazing striking images uh you know let's let's go with it let's run with it and the characters i think because it was some of the only representation you got the characters became popular and so then as the years went on they just added more and expanded the stories on the ones they already had so um I guess it's gaming in general, right? As time has went on, stories have become more in depth. People expect a little bit more, uh, you know, deep dives into what, what makes this character tick, even in fighting games, which is, you know, I know some people can take or leave story in fighting games, but I mean, that that's become big in, in, in this medium. Oh yeah. I mean, injustice has one of the best stories ever and it's a fighting game, but (laughs) Uh, so I guess, you know, fighting games kind of unintentionally may have opened doors um for sure. other characters to to come in yeah and like i said as, as time has gone by a lot of the people who grew up with those like t-hawk mexican native fighter you know mm-hmm. uh has the people who grew up with him now maybe write video games and you start and that's when you're starting to see a lot of the more nuance and the more in-depth takes of a latinx person or uh just minority struggles in general starting to come in more as as less as set dressing and more as like actual plot points, more as actual pathos in characters. Right. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to talk about um, a couple of games and stuff. First, I want to start off a little lighthearted, and that's with the Guacamole games. I know you're playing the second one right now. Yeah, me and my wife are playing. We played through the first one. We're jumping back into the second one. We started it, and then other games got us. And it, you know how it is when you have a queue. <laughs> you just start oh, jumping yeah. around. Game Pass is the best and worst thing that can happen to me. Hundreds of games installed, and I just haven't played the majority of them. I don't know that I am. (laughs) But But you have uh, them. Yeah, I have them. Uh, But Guacamole's been fun. And Guacamole's one of those things that you could very easily kind of brush aside as set dressing also. Like, oh, it's just kind of taking, you know, the, 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 the cultural norms or the cultural, uh, things of like Aztec culture, Mexican culture, Nahuatl culture. Uh, but it seems more like a love letter than anything else to me. Like when I play it, it seems like people who just, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, one thing, like I was, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's another like comedic luchador game. Oh, and so I didn't play it when it first came out, but I read some reviews and stuff and then I checked it out. And yeah, I can totally get that because it is, it's a beautiful game. Like just the attention to detail, even though the, you know, you look at it and you're like, that's almost, that's like a step above a 16 bit game, but there's so many little nuances in there that uh, even like your safe points that are the tables with the candles and everything. Your friends, yeah. Yeah. Everything in there is representative of something 
else, something bigger, something in the real world. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, because a lot of games, especially Metroidvanias, they tend to go very, hold on. (laughs) Sorry. Um, They tend to be very Eurocentric in terms of stuff, like the mythology, everything else, about that kind of thing. And I I like that it's using Mexican iconography, if you will. Mm-hmm. to kind of do the same thing i think that's that's a step in the right direction i think you know when we can bring that in and it's not just you know a funny uh fighter in a game that has a machete and a big sombrero on you know right when it's used to actually add to the game and add to the overall charm and appeal and not in a way that makes fun of it i guess you know yeah I mean, it definitely like kind of uses comedy and lightheartedness to open the door, like to get you in there. But then once you're there, it's something deeper. And which is weird to say about a game, you know, where you turn into a super chicken, but it's. That's the best though. I know. I love the chicken parts. So much fun. Um, But so that's on the lighter side. What are some games that you, you can think of that you you've played, you've experienced that, you know, maybe a little more realistic, I guess, would be a better more resonance. If, uh, so I started playing Game Pass. We brought it up earlier. This is not paid, by the way. No, I keep <laughs> trying. They don't respond to my emails. <laughs> uh, we, I have too. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the games on there that I've had for a while um, that I barely started playing, and it kind of, you know, because of this, because I remembered you know, I had it was Life is Strange 2, which is uh, told through the point of view of two Mexican brothers, Mexican-Americans. Um, and that one was really surprisingly well done and deep and tackles things that aren't necessarily specific to uh, Latinx people, but to minorities in general, but like there's very sensitive about it, even though it was like taken to the upteenth that most, you know, movies or books or media, they you know, always take something that's regular and like, give it that extra oomph. Mm-hmm. And it was done really, really well uh, to the point that I got teary-eyed at the beginning with the interaction with the dad and the, the sons and everything. I was like, oh man, this is, you know, it yeah. seemed like something I knew. And the characters yeah. are, have the culture in them, but they're also characters, they're full-fledged characters. And they have their own wants and needs. And I, I like that. I like that that's where we're at now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of characters and things, a lot of these characters that I've looked up, the, especially the ones that I recognized, it's always the best friend or, you know, you're the number two. Well, oh, even yeah, the main characters, you can count on like one hand. Yeah. That are Latinx. Yeah. And so then you get, you know, the... But they're great, like Dom in Gears of War, or um, I'm drawing a blank. The guy, in, even though Army of Two, there's not supposed to be a main character. Sure, it's totally. A, I mean, there's definitely times when there is in that game. Right. But it, why do you think that that is a prevalent spot for Latinx characters? Is you know the the token friend yeah the token friend yeah um so a lot of that i wonder because i thought about this is who's writing it and i wonder how many people like you you're white right 
Oh yeah, v- would I'm you be very much so. Writing, like it, it must be intimidating to want to write a Hispanic or a Latinx or a Black or an Asian character, you know? It it uh, is. As so a writer, I can I can attest to that. Like, it, you know, you want to write diversity. You know, you don't want just white characters, but then at the same time, you don't want you don't want to get the voice wrong, or or even worse, you know, get the voice offensive. You know, yeah. And the, so there's yeah, a very it's fine, fine line there. Yeah, and I think that's intimidating. Doesn't mean people shouldn't attempt it, um, but I can kind of see why that tends to happen more often than not. That you just kind of relegate someone the diversity to a side character because then you don't have to put that much more depth on it. You know. Um, I'm sure it's not intentional, but I know a lot of people probably didn't say like, "Ah, you know, I did a good job with this. And that's, yeah, it is. And I plot that. I like that we're getting further than that now. I like, uh, I like that people of different backgrounds are starting to write games or direct movies or doing all these things, you know, becoming programmers. Yeah. Um, I think that's where you're seeing a lot of the more nuance come in now. Well, I love at the first of all the, Pretty much since Assassin's Creed, like three or Revelations, you know, they said this game is brought to you by a team of diverse backgrounds and beliefs. Uh, you know, we try and make the we're just here to make the best product we can. It's, I mean, that's not exactly what it says, but yeah. And I think that's that's kind of cool. Is that you know you you get to hear these other voices because I mean it's. I mean this in a figurative sense because I mean, I'm a podcaster and stuff, but I get tired of my own voice. You know, I, I, like we were talking about earlier, I know my story. Like I may not know all of my culture stories, but I know a good chunk of them. So being exposed to other stories and other cultures and seeing how the, even in the form of video games, especially in the form of video games, let's be honest. It's interactive. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you get to experience something that is new and exciting and some people may think this is far-fetched but you know it's like when you when you're playing um i'm trying to think any any game but let's say you're playing prototype or saying you know saints row some of the, a game where you have ridiculous powers well i don't have powers in real life so i don't i don't know about this so it's fun and exciting same way with other cultures i don't have that experience so it is new and exciting to me and i know that may seem like kind of a stretch but that's that's kind of how i view things is if it's something i'm not part of i want i want to be you know i want to see what it's about i mean that's the power of you know pop culture i would even say is that it has a like you said it puts us in it's been used to put us in the shoes of people that do things that we can never do but in the same time, it's allowed a lot of people to tell their stories or other things, struggles, stuff like that in such a way to understand and it builds empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's, especially in video games, if you can do it right, like I say, Life is Strange 2 has been great. I'd recommend that to everybody out there. Um, Did you ever play Never Alone? Yeah, Never, Never Alone. Of the games that <laughs> just has <laughs> no, I just live it. I live it. Uh, yeah, no, Never Alone is an awesome game where it's Inuit people, um, indigenous people f- from like Alaska and northern Canada, 
and somebody from their village, you know, grew up playing video games. Just, I mean, it's exactly the story we've been talking about. Grew up playing video games, became a video game developer, designer, uh, programmer, everything, and created this game where you play as this little girl and her fox, and you play through all of their their stories, the, you know, their creation story and everything. He made it into a game. And then in between the levels, he filmed a documentary to that interviewed oh, that's awesome. all the, you know, his grandparents and their parents, you know, going back and finding all this old footage to, I mean, he straight up said he, he made it to preserve his culture and their practices and their ways of life. And it is one of the most amazing games I've ever played. Um, I'm gonna have to play that. It's gonna be my next one. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's on Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why I have it. <laughs> yeah, it's right. it's so good. But so like that right there, you know, that's that's something cool. And to see all these creators, you know, like you said, kind of getting to that point, it it's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, the more people, the more universal you can make a. A fandom, if you will, the more universal you can make this genre stuff that we like. The more people we can bring into it, the better, and the more stories you can tell. And the more I think that just every has one. As weird as that sounds, the more the more stories you can tell that are individual, the more you can come together as one. Oh no, I totally agree. So before before we wrap things up, I do want to ask, who is your favorite, or would you say best representation? Uh, of of latinx culture in video games like who's your favorite character my favorite character latinx character it over the years it has changed like i said at the beginning it was very much you take what you can get yeah <laughs> um now the things have become more nuanced and that latinx characters have become characters like i said earlier i really loved the gears of war series for their their way of handling um of course dom uh, and the Gears 1 and 2 was the side character again, but you know took a very active role in the story uh, next to Marcus. Um, and as, as the games have gone on, uh, Gears 5 came out, and the main character there is Kate Diaz, who is one of the greatest Latinx characters. And the story that it's telling is so good and so... I, want, I don't want to say timely, but timely. And, and, and it's done in the way that all good sci-fi is done. Good sci-fi always echoes and reflects real societal uh things you know right and i think it's doing such a great job uh, i haven't finished that game but it seems to be building to you know government overstepping towards minority um people and testing and doing all these things which there's a huge history of that oh yeah and the way you deal with that past and trying to bring it to the forefront now and dealing with it and still being part of a nation let's say and still being with without it you know and trying to, to, to find that middle ground there i think that's that's a great story and i like that whole arc that she's going through is great yeah it, they're great games and like you said hopefully uh there's you know maybe in five years i ask you that question again and there's been 10 new characters to choose from 20, 30, you know, whatever. Hopefully it just keeps growing and keeps expanding. Oh, yeah. Hey, so. I'm going to take a program soon too and finish game. Maybe I'll have that one out. Yeah. 
uh, well, David, so you do, you do a lot of stuff. Where can people find you out there on the internet? Um, well, I have a podcast with my wife at uh, KNDRoadCrafts.com called We Ruined Everything. It's on every streaming platform, I think, now. Um, I make music, uh, and I do art. Uh, you can find me at, like, David L. Puga. Just search for that. You can uh, probably find it. Last name's P-U-G-A. Yeah. And then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely go check it all out. It's all great. It's awesome. Um, yeah. David, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. And those of you listening at home, let us know what some of your favorite characters are. You can let us know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Just look for the night nerd. We'd love to talk to you or shoot me an email nightnerd at the nightnerd.com. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Cinco de Mayo is holiday.